Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning cures everything. It's Tuesday, May the 11th. I am Gary. I'm Chris. You got to pick up the ugly one. <laughs> You got it. By the time we get done with this week, you will be a pro at just jumping in right after the horn, right? So Perfect. let's. Yeah, exactly. uh, we, we have a lot to talk about today. Let me go ahead and give you guys the rundown. We are doing the AFC and NFC West on today's show. And before we start in with it, because you already know how the format's going to go if you watched yesterday's show, go ahead and tell you go to winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. Everything you need to know about us, you can find over there. Every show that we do, every appearance that we make on another show, et cetera, et cetera. You can go over there and do it anywhere that you need to follow us or subscribe or whatever is going to be on that website, winningcureseverything.com. You can also find us at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. That is your one-stop shop for all of your college football gambling content. And Kyle Provides, who is here today and all week, you can find him over at sbrpicks.com slash NFL or sbrpicks.com slash MLB. I think I got all those right. Uh, he does the Major League Baseball yeah. show. He does the NFL show over there with our buddy Donnie Right Side. Um, yeah, good stuff, Kyle. How's uh, how's your day going? It's going fantastic. It's very busy, and I just want to throw this out here, not to filibuster for too long, but for those of you watching on my channel, because you know we put this up on both channels. If you think my show is entertaining, come check out Chris and Gary. They are <laughs> me times two. They're wonderful dudes. I love these guys. They know what the hell they're talking about as well. So make sure you go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to their YouTube channel. Go to their Facebook. They're on every platform because Gary absolutely knows how to do all this stuff that I don't know how to do. So make sure you check them all out there because I love these guys and I love doing shows with them and we get to rip heaters while we're doing it. So I'm in a I'm just in a better mood just because of that. And I'm excited for today because I love a lot of teams today. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yesterday was uh, was a little negative. We uh, we got some yes, feedback from, from some Colts fans <laughs> that were not pleased with our assessment oh, the of the fans draft. Very angry. I don't know uh, why. I thought we said nice things about the Colts. I, I thought the Colts uh, were. I didn't. I not. But I do think that the Colts, <laughs> in genuine, like typically Colts fans, relatively nice Midwestern guys. Mm-hmm. Everybody's you know whatever. I, I've never dealt with the with negativity from Colts fans, and yet Mm-mm. here we are. So very it's angry. it's very angry. Bad. Anything can happen. Um, yes. So I did not mention. Go over and check out Kyle's can, uh, channel. Channel. Um, <laughs> Kyle's canal. Right. Uh, go check yeah, out. Check it out. At it's DFS dirty. Bachelor. Very easy to find. You can find him on Twitter. You also see it on the screen there. At DFS Bachelor. That is the place to find him on Twitter, on YouTube, etc. And the link will be down in the description. So uh, let's go ahead and and dive into. The teams today, like I said, AFC West, NFC West, we will start off in the AFC West, and we will start with the Super Bowl runner-up, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They went 14-2 and last year, won the division, 
They, uh, their team needs, again, these are aggregated from a bunch of different websites just looking through what everybody thinks they needed. Uh, they needed center, linebacker, wide receiver, tight, uh, sorry, not tight end, tackle, excuse me. Um, yeah. You know, okay, I kind of like what they did in the draft here. There, there were not a ton of needs other than their offensive line, but they kind of sort of started to fix that even before the draft started with the trade for Orlando Brown Jr., uh, traded away their first-round pick and, I believe, their third-round pick to go and get him. And, you know, second round, they get linebacker Nick Bolton out of Missouri, center Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, edge Joshua Kando out of Florida State, tight end Noah Gray out of Duke, wide receiver Cornell Powell out of Clemson, and guard Trey Smith out of Tennessee. All of these, to me, were value picks. They did yep. a pretty good job. Creed Humphrey, I think, can start day one. He can play center or guard. Uh, Nick Bolton <laughs> is a stand-up. He's not the most athletic guy. But he is somebody that can absolutely make plays, and he can track guys down. I mean, if you watch some of his highlight film, he can he can get after fast, fast wide receivers. I mean, he tracked down Kadarius Tony multiple times in their game. Um, Joshua Kando from Florida State, like, didn't produce a lot last year, but you can tell he's uh, he's freakish athletic. I, I like that. I Trey Smith falling as far as he did. That's all based on medical. So long as he is healthy, he right. will be able to play. I, I like everything about this. Me too. I, lo- I like what the Chiefs did. Look, we knew the Chiefs' weaknesses, and I don't give a damn what any website says. This is what the Chiefs' weaknesses were. They needed to protect Patrick Mahomes. We saw the problem in the Super Bowl, and they were susceptible against the run, especially in the red zone, one of the worst red zone run-stopping defenses in the league. So they go out. They trade their first-round pick. They get Orlando Brown. I could. I didn't see an offensive lineman in the first round that I would rather have over Orlando Brown right now, so I thought it was a great move. And then Nick Bolton adding, he's a good young linebacker. Everything I've read about this kid tells me he should be a really, really solid contributor right away for this defense stopping the run. So they said, okay, we got our asses kicked in the Super Bowl. We kind of, we got embarrassed. We're going to address those needs and we're going to do it right now. And their offensive line didn't just get better. It got substantially better with the addition of Brown. You're 100% right. Creed Humphrey is probably going to be their starting center. A guy who didn't allow a sack in two full years at a power five school, Come on, man. I love those type of picks, especially in the second round. Love what the Chiefs did with this draft. Yeah, I liked it. I thought they did pretty good. I, I didn't really take into effect the trade, which is which is what they got their first-round pick for. But but I guess I should have because that's, that's absolutely the way you got to do this. As long as they're not giving up multiple picks. But if they just sure. give up a first for a player, then that's their first-round pick. And, and, yeah, Orlando Brown's – he fills that hole. That offensive line is much better than they were last year, probably. And uh, they're definitely going to be better than they were in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and this team got substantially better. But this is what we're finding when you look at all these teams is, is the teams that don't have glaring needs or are already talented across the board seem to be able to draft much better than everybody else. Even though this team actually does have holes and knees, they were able to fill those needs pretty well. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing about that is you don't have to overthink yourself, right? Like, you yeah. you see a pick, you know its value. Even if it is for a need, you know, all right, well, it, even if we have to reach a little bit, we can do that. Or if it's a value pick, yeah, we can we can do that too. Like, there's so many yeah. different things you can do when you are a well-run franchise, and that's exactly what the Chiefs are right now. 
Yeah, so. 100% agree. And and look, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, we th- there's there's two ways of thinking about it, right? Take the best player on the board and just sort it out later. But when you are a team who really doesn't have any of these huge glaring weaknesses and you just go and fill those little needs that you have, the Chiefs are going to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl again. They've got the best player on the planet in Patrick Mahomes. That offense is going to be unstoppable again as long as everyone stays healthy. They address their needs, address some of that run-stopping need, which they really need to do on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the playoffs. They need to be able to get off the field and get Mahomes back on the field. And I think they addressed all those needs beautifully. And Britt Reed won't be there, so there's another distraction. You don't have to worry about some psychopath who can't make any good decisions. Andy Reed just has to keep his bad kids away from the team, all right? Just keep these bad kids. <laughs> I know it seems a little heartless, whatever, but when your son's an asshole, keep him away from your job. That's what I do. Not a bad idea. <laughs> He's not it's always a... an asshole, but sometimes. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Chris, you got any uh, any final comments on it? No, man. Uh, I think that's it. Let's uh, let's dive on to the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is a team that Chris has wanted to cheer for, especially when Blackjack Del Rio was there when they announced they were moving. And, of course, they bring in uh, Chucky himself. And, and Chris can't really get down with that. So it, the, the drafts for the Raiders have been a little strange. Uh, according to all these different sites, the aggregated needs for them is tackle, safety, cornerback, linebacker, wide receiver. They went 8-8 eight and eight last year. What they ended up doing is first round, they take tackle Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Uh, second round, safety Trevon Morig out of TCU. Edge rusher in the third round, Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo. Uh, Divine Diablo out of Virginia Tech, a safety. Another safety in the fourth round, Tyree Gibson, sorry, Tyree Gillespie out of Missouri. Quarterback Nate Hobbs out of Illinois. Center Jimmy Morrissey out of Pittsburgh in the seventh round, taking a flyer on him. I, I'm, I don't hate it. I think if yeah. you had switched around the first round pick and the second round pick, which everybody has said thus far, exactly. I think it would be just fine. If you had taken Morrig at 17 and uh, Leatherwood at 43, that's about where both of them are. The issue is you you put a whole lot into a player that everybody thought. I mean, the over-under as far as Vegas draft odds was 46.5 for Alex Leatherwood. And nobody saw him going top 20. And, yeah. and yet they, they saw him. They knew that they wanted him. They didn't want to risk it, and I, I get it because that was one of their biggest needs. I, they did need to shore up the offensive line, but there were a ton of other needs as well. They took three safeties in this draft. I don't, I don't hate what they're doing, but I think that there were more efficient ways of going about it. Uh, Kyle, what, what do you think here? Yeah, and I'm sorry, I just jumped in second. I mean, it's Chris's show for Christ's sake, and no, no, I no, just no. jump in here yeah, and just you know away, bull rush away. Come on, bull rush away, but. No, no, no. Uh, I completely agree. Now, look, I do think they address some needs, and you're 100% right. If they would have taken Morgan in the first round and Leatherwood in the second round, we'd all be saying, hey, good job by the – surprisingly good job by the Raiders because they're always morons in the draft. I mean, this goes back since I can remember. Like, like Darius Hayward Bay really stands out. I remember them taking him over Michael Crabtree. I'm like, what the hell? And it's an Al Davis thing to do. But they did address some needs. I would say out of this division, I think this was the worst draft of all the teams in the division. It might be the worst draft of the two divisions we're going to talk about today. I know the Seattle so, and Arizona ones so are a little bit. I'm so for, <laughs> of my 49ers. I know and we'll talk about my 49ers because I'm a little bit perturbed at them, but they did do some things there. It's strange. The Raiders are always going to be strange, but there's no doubt about it. They need it. Here's the thing I don't like. You're just going to blow up your offensive line. We just talked about this with uh, the secondary – 
of uh, who the hell were we talking about yesterday? And they did the same exact damn thing. The Titans, they get rid of all their corners yeah. and they want to try to draft these young guys to replace it. And that's what the Raiders did. So you get rid of Hudson, you get rid of Trent Brown, who I know wasn't healthy and had COVID stuff, but still Trent Brown and Alex Leatherwood. I mean, the, uh, the amount of space between those two yes. is quite significant. Uh, I say it's pretty average, probably the worst draft in the division. I do like the second round pick. I think Morgan's a great pick for them and they desperately need secondary help. But if you're going to draft a guy who wasn't going to be drafted till mid second round in the first round, why not just trade the hell out of it and get some assets, get a wide receiver. You need a wide receiver. I mean, you already have an abysmal quarterback in Derek Carr. It's just an absolute can at quarterback. He's one of my least favorite quarterbacks Is he ever that in the bad? history of the league. I'm not trying to defend him. I just, it, we, we all, and I, I'm guilty of it as well. Is Derek Carr really that bad? Yes, he is that bad. He's terrible. You're never going to win anything with Derek Carr, and he's never going to make the big play that puts you over the top. He's never going to have that game against a good team that you need to win. He won't win it. I mean, you saw it last year. They started out good, like, oh, the Raiders might be this seventh uh, playoff team here. No, they fell apart because when it matters most, Derek Carr falls apart. He always has. He always will. I'm not a big Raiders guy, as you can tell. Uh, (laughs) So I I do think that they just – they missed the they missed the mark on your first round pick, and when you do that, it's hard to give you a good grade. So I say they have the worst draft in the division. Wasn't overall terrible. I do like a couple of those safeties. I even like the kid in the third round out of Virginia Tech. Those guys are going to play a ton of snaps for the Raiders because their secondary is so bad. So they did address some needs. Just don't necessarily love how they went about doing it. Yeah, I don't really understand why they took so many safeties. Like, they had a need, but this is not one of those things where, okay, we need a tackle. Well, let's take four left tackles. Well, hang on. What the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. Or, or if you, if you had a need at quarterback, you wouldn't take four quarterbacks. You don't play yeah. two safeties on the field at the same time. All right. No, yeah. there's not a single defense that's designed that way. I don't know that well, any of these guys are strong enough or fast enough to play cornerback. I mean, you, you do play two safeties. One-on-one. You just don't play three safeties at a time. Like, I, I, I don't it, think it's. It sort of reminds me. Remember when Washington needed a quarterback uh, in the late 90s, too, they, when they are mid 90s, they drafted Heath Schuler and Gus Farratt. And then, yep. of course, to my dismay, especially for my baseball card collection, because I went all in on Heath Schuler, and that was the wrong decision. <laughs> Gus Farratt ended up being the uh, better player but it is kind of weird we're like we need a quarterback we'll take two it is a little bit weird to take three safeties in the first four rounds i don't think their offensive line's better if you trade leatherwood for brown um it, it trent brown did did exactly what players do all the time they they perform overperform what they really are capable of in new england they go and they get a, just a shitload of money poured all over them and then they come back down to earth and then when they get released by their other team or disappointed by their other team they just crawl back to new england and take a you know a cheese sandwich and he's gonna go back to being a pro bowler again um it, i Part of this is just a lack of trust in John Gruden to draft well. His his last two drafts he's had since he's been there have not been well at all. They, yeah. they, uh, he's he's drafted far more bust than good, and and I just don't. This is the thing where I didn't like what the Colts did the other day, right? But I trust their front office, so I just assume I'm wrong on a lot of these guys. Okay, I work under the assumption that half of these guys are going to be bust and not be in the league. And it's all the top tier guys. Okay. I don't want it to be. I I I, I like Morg a lot. And and I think he could be good. But I just work under the assumption that no, 
You've you've been touched by Gruden, which means you're probably not very good. <laughs> you are you are probably right about that. Uh, y'all ready to move on to the Chargers? Yep. Yes, moving on. Let's <clears throat> do it. The Los Angeles Chargers, seven and nine last year, uh, looked okay with the new quarterback. Not bad. Herbert uh, performed beyond reasonable expectations, I believe. Uh, yeah. It, the the whole situation with. Um, I just went blank on the quarterback, uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor. That yeah. whole situation, very strange, obviously. They they played in a soccer stadium with basically nobody. Uh, nobody was there in L.A. last year. It was just a weird year for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there is some promise on the horizon. New coaching staff, new everything. Their needs were tackle, guard, cornerback, tight end, and wide receiver. And I could totally agree with all of those. They They took a lot. They took a lot of players, and you know that I'm a big fan of that. Their first-round pick, Rashawn Slater, out of Northwestern, thought it was great. Tremendous tackle. Didn't play last year. He opted out at Northwestern. But Chris and I went and saw him in person against Chase Young, and he shut Chase Young down. It was ridiculous. Uh, Round two, they got Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State, cornerback. I thought that was a really good pick, Uh, value pick at that spot. Number 77, they got wide receiver Josh Palmer out of Tennessee, that one was kind of strange to me. Tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia in the uh, late third round. Again, a strange one, but mm-hmm. I can see it. The talent's there. Uh, Chris Rumpf out of Duke. He was one of my favorite edge rushers uh, this season and in really over the past however many years. He's he's a talented player, maybe the most talented player on Duke's team, um, which is not hard, obviously. Fifth round, tackle Brendan Jameis uh, out of Nebraska. Linebacker Nick Neenman out of Iowa. Running back Larry Roundtree out of Missouri, which was a really good value pick. And then cornerback Mark mm-hmm. Webb out of Georgia late. Uh, I don't hate this at all. Like, I, I think that they address some needs, and they got some pretty good value players that may not have produced at the highest level, but can absolutely produce at the next level. And and I think I think they did okay here. Yeah, I love what the Chargers did. I think they knocked it out of the park in the first two rounds. I like. I had Slater just a little bit higher than Panay Sewell. I think he's an absolute beast, and I love what they did there. And let's not forget, this team got better before the draft. They didn't have to do a damn thing other than get rid of Anthony Lynn, who's in that Freddie Kitchens class of head coach. I mean, we're talking about, look, a great leader of men. You could tell that people want to play for him, but the guy had absolutely no idea what he was doing on the sideline. So even though they brought in a young D coordinator, pretty unproven in my opinion, and uh, Staley, I mean, it's addition by subtraction, just losing Anthony Lynn. And I really love the Asante Samuel pick in the second round. I was shocked that he fell that far to them. He and Derwin James have a nice relationship too. The two Florida State kids, of course, they're going to have Derwin James back. Sky's the limit for Los Angeles. The problem is the city doesn't. I've been to games in that soccer stadium. I went the year before COVID to a Packer game. And there was more, way more Packer fans and Charger fans there. They were very aggressive, by the way, very aggressive. We got really <laughs> drunk on the field. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But I, I think the Chargers knocked it out of the park here. I don't know a mu- much about Josh Palmer. I know McKitty's more of a blocking tight end, not necessarily receiving tight end, and they did lose Hunter Henry. But I think they like that young 6'8 kid, uh, Donald Parham, from the XFL, and that kid's a red zone beast. Herbert's going to be better this year. Slater's going to really protect that blind side. I thought the Chargers, Chargers did a great job, and I love that pass rush you touched on, uh, Chris Rumpf, in the fourth round. I thought that was a fantastic pick. So overall, for me, I think the Chargers probably had the best draft in this division. Denver was really, really close, and we'll get to momentarily, but I, I really like what the Chargers did. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the Chargers, are they're up there with Denver. I think Denver was slightly better, but you're splitting yeah. hairs there. Um, Slater, I was 100% with you. I actually had Slater better than Sewell as well. Not by a lot, but but I, I just think he's – I like my offensive lineman to be big, mean, and nasty, okay? And mm-hmm. he's got a mean streak. He's got a nasty streak to him. He's not afraid to, to F somebody up. And right? it's versatile. Yeah. He's insanely versatile, and that helps out a lot. So, well, yeah, that yeah. helps too. But I, I mean, I think he's going to lock down the left side, and it, it, you know, his his versatility is not going to come into play. They're not moving him to guard, okay, and they're not moving him to the other side. Um, yeah, he, he's he's going to anchor that. What they need is health, okay. That that's what's killed the the, the mm-hmm. Chargers for so long. Is they need to fire every team doctor they've got, and they need yeah. to just rehire a whole new staff. Except um, for the guy that injected Tyrod Taylor so we could get Herbert on the no, field, right? No, you that was the that best thing that ever bad. happened to them. It is the best thing that ever happened to him. You pay that guy his severance, and then you let him walk because yeah. that team can't stay healthy. You brought up Derwin James to work with Asante Samuel. Listen, mm-hmm. Derwin is one of the greatest what-ifs in all of football You right got now. that right. Because yeah. I think he is an absolute monster when he plays, but the problem is, is that man doesn't play football for a living. He doesn't. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what you can call what he does, but it's not play football because he doesn't. He, he's just not available on Sundays. Um, yeah. I think the Asante Samuel pick was unbelievable. I thought this guy was a first round dude. They got him middle uh, to you know, I guess right down in the middle. It was like second 40, round, forty seven, and, and and I just can't believe that he fell that far. They Me needed cornerback help. I think he's gonna. They got two of the best players. They got the two best players on the board when they draft it. No exactly. doubt. Exactly. No doubt. 100%. 100%. And, and so I really like what this organization is doing. And, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I think they're going in the right direction. I'm with you. I'm not a fan of Anthony Lynn, but I got no clue who this damn guy is that they hired. And I'm not a fan of – I don't know anything about the the, the the offensive coordinator, the coaching staff that they brought in, nothing. These are, these are very unknown guys in the NFL. Yeah. Yes, yeah. no, you're you're 100 percent right. Brandon about Staley. That. I mean, so so it's easy to be a good defensive coordinator when you're the defensive coordinator with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, etc. Michael Brockers, that entire defense. We'll see what he does, but these young coaches have impressed, and I'm telling you, the shit my dog took this morning would be better at managing an NFL game than Anthony Lynn. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So they can't. There's no way he's any worse than Anthony Lynn was last year. It has to be an upgrade. It has to be. I tend to agree with you. So. We'll see what Anthony yeah. Lynn does. Where he's uh, the offensive coordinator. Where right now? Uh, he went. Uh, God, why can't I remember? Uh, Is he Detroit? Might be Detroit. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if it's Detroit. They always hire dumb people in Detroit, so that wouldn't shock me either. Let's <laughs> see. Have to double check though. Anthony Lynn is. Let's see. He played with the. Yep, Detroit Lions. That's it. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Oh boy! Congratulations, Detroit. He gets to work with Jared Goff. We're we're all about that. All right, let's move on. We are moving to the Denver Broncos, who I feel like we all kind of liked what they did here. Oh, yeah. uh, they they went 5-11 and last year. Not great. Obviously, they had to deal with a ton of injuries uh, throughout the season. They have a just absolutely fantastically potentialed skill set group. Uh, I mean, they're, they're skill players. If they live up to the potential that they have, um, you know, I think they could be one of the best teams in the league, which is why the Aaron Rodgers trade talk is so interesting because they would immediately be uh, a contender in this conference. So uh, their needs were linebacker, edge, quarterback, running back, and safety. And here's what they did. They uh, they also took a lot of players, took a lot of shots, and I, of course, am a fan of that first-round cornerback Patrick Sertan 
uh, the second out of Alabama. Uh, round two, running back Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Love that pick. Uh, interior offensive lineman Quinn Meneers out of Wisconsin Whitewater in the third round. Baron Browning linebacker out of Ohio State in the third round. Fifth round, safety Caden Stearns out of Texas. And safety Jamar Johnson out of Indiana. Those were only 12 picks apart, but two safeties again. We'll see what happens. Round six, uh, wide receiver Seth Williams out of Auburn, who our buddy Casey that always jumps on here is a massive fan of. He said Seth Williams is the number one wide receiver in this draft. I don't think Whoa. so, but okay. Uh, <laughs> round round seven, Kerry <laughs> wow. Vincent, cornerback out of LSU. Uh, and then they also got edge rusher Jonathan Cooper out of Ohio State, edge rusher Marquis Spencer out of Mississippi State. Uh, they took dudes, and they filled holes, and I love it. I love what they did here. Yeah. Completely agree, and they, they lost A.J. Boye to free agency. He went over to Carolina, and when Boye and Bryce Callahan were healthy – for Denver last year, you weren't throwing the ball on them. Bryce Callahan gave up some like 0.11 fantasy points per route ran against. That was good for fourth best among left corners when he was actually playing. Now, we did get hurt, and we saw that secondary fall apart. So the thing with Denver, we were all when they came to nine, I was like, man, this could be Justin Fields. This is probably where Justin Fields is going to go, and I think it would have been a good move. Look, people are talking about a quarterback competition between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. That's not a competition. <laughs> Drew Locke is absolutely terrible, and I know people hate it when I bag on their players and their quarterbacks, but Drew Locke, we had a saying on the NFL show, and it was Jesus Christ, Drew Locke, because what you had was you're taking it. You'd get team totals of 15 and a half, 16 and a half, this, these juicy money numbers, and Drew Locke with all that talent, KJ Hamler, an absolute speed burner out of Penn State, Tim Patrick, uh, they had Cortland Sutton. Of course, he got hurt. They have all of these weapons, and Drew Locke couldn't hit the you know broad side of a barn. And then, of course, you have Vic Fangio punting on fourth and two from the opposing team's 35-yard line because the dude is probably the most cowardly coach in the NFL, maybe right outside of Mike Vrabel in that playoff game. We all know what happened there, and that also pisses me off. But I love what they did here. Sertan, terrific corner. I actually thought he was a little bit better than J.C. Horn. I love what they did there. Javante Williams to replace Philip Lindsay and play alongside Melvin Gordon. Everyone had him as one of their top backs, if not the second best pure running back, you know, outside of Najee Harris in this draft out of North Carolina. Love the pick. Love the guard they took. And then I love late in drafts in the sixth and seventh round. They're getting guys from pedigreed schools. Yep. Auburn, LSU, Ohio State, Mississippi State. Bring in good players who know how to win and know how to compete at the highest level. Even though they didn't take the quarterback, which I can understand the frustration of Denver fans not doing that, I loved this draft. I think they knocked it out of the park. I had them and the Chargers neck and neck in this division. I wouldn't call you crazy for saying Denver was better or the Chargers, but I think top to bottom, Denver got a bunch of players who are going to make that roster and contribute right away and make them better. Love what Denver did. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And and I'm going to tell you that I 100% believe, call me a fool, come come the middle of June, that per Patrick Sertan pick was not the Broncos pick. Okay, That's not their selection. This is an NBA deal where he was drafted by one team, but he is going to be traded to the to to the uh, to the uh, Green Bay Packers, but the Green Bay Packers want it. This guy, they called him. They said, "We're going to give you three first round for Aaron Rodgers." That they're going to make that move. Who do you want with mm. this pick? And and they said, "Pick Patrick." We're taking Patrick. They have no reason to get wow. Fields because they believe Love might be the guy. That's fine. I think that deal is done. Okay, that's my opinion. Um, but if you turn Patrick Sertan and two other guys into Aaron Rodgers. 
uh, it's this worth team it. might be the favorite to win the Super Bowl over their divisional uh, rivals, Chiefs. Um, wow. I, th- yeah. I think this team is more talented than the Chiefs from top to bottom Ooh. if you put Rodgers on it. I think they're a quarterback away from being really good. Uh, Javante Williams, I'm 100% with you. I think he's an unbelievable running back in their system. And this is what you do with running backs. This is why you don't pay running backs. This is why you don't draft them in the first round. You just take a young guy in the second or the third round, and you put him with your older veteran running back. And when your older veteran running back gets put out to pasture, you get the new guy, the rock, and then you just keep rotating it. Two years from now, you get another guy in the second or third round uh they 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 attack some some offensive line issues they attack the defensive problems and then i'm with you i love taking crazy athletic dudes in your late round picks and just seeing hey maybe they become something i don't know but they played at big schools against good competition and 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 if they don't make the roster who gives a shit it was a sixth or a seventh round pick mm-hmm. it doesn't matter exactly but three or four of those guys could end up actually being real legit contributors to your football team. There aren't a lot of teams that are going to have sixth and seventh round picks that would be real contributors to their football team. Yes. Uh, the Seth Williams pick, the Kerry Vincent Jr. pick, uh, Jonathan Cooper, uh, all of those were guys that uh, before they ended up going in this year's draft were talked about as high round guys, second, third, yep. fourth round dudes, and, and they all end up going, you know, late sixth, you know, seventh round guys. I think it was a, a, an awesome decision uh, to go out and, and take a flyer on a bunch of these dudes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So we yep. uh, we ready to move to the NFC West? Yep. NFC West, here we go. Let's do it. We are starting off with the Seattle Seahawks. 12 and 4 last season. And, of course, there was all of the rumblings going on about Russell Wilson, what's going to happen with him and Pete Carroll. Uh, this team has moved on from the Legion of Boom over to a much more uh, offensive-minded team, I guess you could say. They got rid of Shoddy. Everything's good there, I, I think, I hope, unless it's Pete Carroll's decision to run the ball more. I, I don't know. But uh, but the Seahawks obviously did pretty well last year, 12-4, and four, won the division. Uh, they only had three picks in this year's draft. Their needs per the online uh, constituency, was offensive tackle, cornerback, defensive tackle, center, and wide receiver. They had three picks, and they had them in the second, fourth, and sixth rounds. They took wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan with their second-round pick. Fourth round, they took cornerback Trey Brown out of Oklahoma. And offensive tackle in the sixth round, Stone Forsyth out of Florida. I don't hate this at all. The only thing that I don't like is the the lack of picks, right? They they did sure. nothing to try and take a few more bites at the apple, as as we have said. But you know, Trey Brown, while he's undersized, he he has obviously put up big performances. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan, like this is a, a bit of a reach, but he's a he's a kid that absolutely produced uh, in in the MAC and in Stone Force. I mean, that's a that's a flyer kind of guy. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm totally fine with this. I, I think it was okay for what they had. They they utilized their picks to the best of their ability, in my opinion. They just didn't have a lot of them. 
Right. And, and if I told you, okay, so they didn't have a first round pick. So I throw Jamal Adams in there and then they didn't have a third round pick. Uh, cause that was also for Jamal Adams. So you get a Jamal Adams player for a first and a third. I'm not going to argue with that. The dude's an absolute beast. What nine and a half sacks, the third most ever for a defensive back. And I mean, he's the modern day Ronnie lot. He really is. And then you look, they traded their fifth round pick for a pro bowl guard and Gabe Jackson. Love that. If you told me a team's drafting Carlos Dunlap in the seventh round, who had five and a half sacks in eight games, I'm going to be like, you just got the steal of the draft. So even though they didn't have a ton of picks, what they got for their picks makes their team exponentially better. So it's it's hard to grade the actual picks. Dwayne Eskridge, everything I read about this guy, he's just an all-purpose guy. He can return kicks, catch it out of the slot. He's going to be another Tyler Lockett-type player for Russell Wilson, which is perfect because the dude is, again, going to be running for his life. His offensive line's not good there. We know that for a fact. He's going to be running for his life. And, you know, a quarterback's best friend's one of these quick little guys who can run these short routes and turn nothing into something. So I do like the pick there. Trey Brown, everything I've read about him out of Oklahoma, fantastic young corner. That Seattle secondary was abysmal the first half of the year. They definitely got better the second half of the year once Adams came back from that shoulder injury, et cetera. Uh, it's hard to rate it because it's three picks, but what they got for their draft picks, I think were quality, quality players. So overall, I give Seattle a passing grade. I like what they did with their picks. I like the impact players they got. And uh, it's hard to argue against Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap, and Gabe Jackson for your draft picks, in my opinion. So yeah, I like what Seattle did, and I think they'll be a little bit better next year despite Russell Wilson's whining and pouting. By the way, my probably my least favorite player in the NFL <laughs> is Russell Wilson. This is you, you remember you remember the that 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 movie uh, draft day where none of the kids went to the twenty first birthday. You know why that was in the movie? Because that actually happened to Russell Wilson. He's a faker. <laughs> he's a joker. The holy water on the sidelines to hear a concussion. Get the hell out of here. You, you were Stay trying a to virgin get till I marry. Like what the hell is this nineteen twelve? Like get the <laughs> hell out of here, Russell Wilson. He bugs the living crap out of me. But Seattle's going to be better next year. And I, I do kind of like what they did with this draft. You're trying to get the Seahawks fans fired up at us. I know what you're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, you're being mm-hmm. the antagonist. I know, and I get it. But I'm a 49er fan. We're, how, yeah. how can you not enjoy Mr. Unlimited? Oh, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't do, I can't do the Mr. Unlimited thing. Hey, jump I on in here, Chris. Tell, no. tell me what you, you think. All right, so we're going to disagree <laughs> on this draft. I think this is one of the worst drafts in the NFL. Out of, out of, a whole, out of all the things, I think they did a, a bad job. A, because when you give up – Three draft picks for one player, while I love that player, I, I don't get to just immediately slot that player in for your first-round pick because right. it costs them two first-round picks and yeah. a third-round pick. So that, that, I'm, not, I'm not giving them credit for Jamal Adams there. Okay. Um, their only pick, first-round pick, or the first pick that they had in the second round, I think they took a wide receiver. I think there were better wide receivers that went behind this kid, much better. You want to talk about a guy, a team that could have picked up speed? My Cleveland Browns drafted Anthony Schwartz. I'm going to tell you this. That's who Russell Wilson needed right there. If you put skinny Schwartz next to Monster DK, there's nobody that can guard that. All right? You got the two fastest guys in the NFL at that moment in time, and nobody's covering you. I I just think they missed on their wide receiver pick. I'm not a fan. Trey Brown, I don't know enough about Trey Brown, but I know this. Every time Oklahoma played a good offense – they gave up points. They gave up a lot of points. And so right. I have to assume that Trey Brown wasn't locking down one side and they were just picking on the other side. I have to assume that against LSU when they gave up like 19 touchdowns the playoff year before, <laughs> that Trey Brown was getting dusted right and left. These are NFL guys, okay? 
I understand yeah. that not a lot of NFL wide receivers came out of the Big 12. And so last year you might have looked really good. All right. But when you played against other NFL wide receivers, which is what you're going to have to do in the league, you didn't look great. So I'm not a fan of that pick either. Stone Foresight. Okay. He took an offensive lineman from Florida. Probably not a bad pick. He's a six round yeah. pick. He might make the roster. He might help the team. I don't know. Um, that's a flyer. I'm not going to knock that pick. But the other two, you don't get credit for. I think they were bad picks because the wide receiver, there's no matter how good he can be. Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz went behind him. Seth Williams went way, 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 way behind him. Going to be light years better than this guy. I love that. I love bagging the Seahawks. I love anything <laughs> bad about the Seahawks. So that makes me. You took very, a kid that's five nine, and you got a six one and six two guy behind him, and both yeah. of those guys are unbelievably much faster. So, there you go. Yeah, screw the yeah, screw the Seahawks. You're right. Their draft sucked. You're right. <laughs> Their draft Seahawks suck. The Los Angeles Rams are next up. They went ten and six last year. They got rid of Jared Goff. They brought in Matt Stafford. I think that helps uh, helps them win the draft regardless, even though it's not a draft, yes. whatever. Uh, I do think they will be substantially better with Matt Stafford at quarterback, especially running Sean McVay's offense. I think teams are starting to kind of catch up to what they're doing. The defense has helped them win a lot of games here, obviously to Aaron Donald and that whole bunch. Uh, not Donald, uh, Aaron Donald, excuse me, Sam and Aaron, whatever. Uh but, they, yeah, they went 10-6 and six last year, and, and they still had some holes that they need to fill, obviously. Linebacker, center, edge rusher, tackle, and cornerback. So, a lot of interior guys, and they needed help with their defensive backs. Um, and I think they did okay on this. Uh, the, the Rams did not have a first-round pick, obviously. Gave it up for Matt Stafford. But they went with round two, wide receiver Tutu Atwell out of Louisville, who measured in at less than 150 pounds. Uh, it kind of shows you, <laughs> kind of shows you how the NFL is changing. Um, linebacker yeah. Ernest Jones out of South Carolina in the third round. He is a dude. Uh, interior defensive lineman Bobby Brown the third out of A and M in the fourth round. Also fourth round quarterback Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas. Wide receiver Jacob Harris out of UCF in the fourth round. They got Ernest Brown the fourth out of Northwestern in the fifth. An edge rusher and running back Jake Funk out of Maryland in the seventh round. Take a flyer on a kid that can fly. I'm. I'm okay with all of this. I, I don't see uh, anything that was drastically, you know, a reach or anything like that. I think that they spotted some diamonds in well, the rough. two more picks. What two more picks? They 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 picked Ben. I, I'm not going to try. Oh, Skowronek. Yeah. Ben oh, I didn't Scal- see that. He's the wide receiver from Notre Dame that got drafted. Oh, I'm looking and at Chris the, uh, Garrett from uh, Concordia St. Paul. Yeah. Concordia, St. Paul is the edge rusher. Where, what the where hell are is you guys that? Looking? I don't even know don't, what the hell that. I don't know what school that is. That is <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would have been surprised. Low tuition there. It's low they tuition play, at Concordia, St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, lots of lacrosse and hockey at Concordia, St. Paul. Great See. luge team I've heard as well at Concordia, St. Paul. But no, the draft is okay. And I think this first round pick they lost this year was part of the Jalen Ramsey deal. I think the next yeah. four or five yeah. that they're not going to have is Matthew Stafford. But Whatever. I, if they didn't have a single draft pick and their only draft story was we got rid of Jared bleeping Goff, good on you. You get an A+. Because Jared Goff is absolutely terrible, and we all know that. So they massively, massively upgraded their cornerback spot. I think this draft was pretty good. They did address some needs. I, I was doing a little bit of research on this Robert Rochelle. Apparently the dude's a ball hawk. Five or six picks last year. He just played at a smaller school, right, Central Arkansas. I don't know damn thing about central arkansas i couldn't tell you a single player on their team but uh this kid looks like he's gonna be 
Oh, so you know probably yep. much more than I do about it and probably a lot about Robert Rochelle here. And it looks like the kid's a pretty good uh, player, and especially in that scheme when you're going to – you're gonna obviously you're going to have a pass rush with Aaron Darnold, Aaron Donald. And Jalen Ramsey, they sort of started moving him around a little bit last year from the outside into the slot. Teams are going to be throwing your direction when Jalen Ramsey's on the other side. So if this kid's able to attack the ball, I think he's in a good spot here. I think they drafted players that fit their scheme. So I think the Rams did a good job without having the first-round pick. Who's going to argue about getting rid of Goff and, of course, acquiring the best defensive back in the entire league in Jalen Ramsey? So I think overall success for the Rams. And, look, they're probably right now the team to beat in the NFC next year. Yeah, I, I, I like what the Rams did, and uh, I, I think their team definitely got better. And mm-hmm. it was a thing where none of these guys stand out as an absolute home run or a stud, but it's right. just a combination of they took a lot of bites at the apple, they filled a lot of their needs, this is an organization that I trust, and, and they took they took a lot of guys that, that had, had pretty good pedigree and uh, and or developed into a pretty good talent. So I would have liked more offensive linemen. They they could use some offensive line help, and I'm surprised they didn't at least look. If you're going to take some seventh round flyer on, I mean, I feel pretty confident in saying that Ben Skowronek is not ever going to make a Pro Bowl. I just feel really good about <laughs> that. Uh, why not try to get some line depth because they certainly need it there. And Matthew Stafford. He's not the most mobile guy. You need to protect him, but the Rams are in good shape. And overall, I think it's a successful draft. I think so as well. Uh, We will move on to the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm looking at a different site now, so I'm actually going to be able to spout off all of the seventh-round picks. Uh, Moving (laughs) moving away from the PFF uh, draft board and whatnot, so, uh, because for whatever reason they did not last those, or they did not list those last two picks. That's weird. Uh, very I'd rather strange. you pronounce that guy's name than. Well, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> even try. I just said I'm. Not I don't know why I tried. I'm terrible at names. That's I ruin them every no, single day. That's how I would have done it. That is how I would have done it. So, uh, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Went eight and eight last year. Uh, pretty successful first year for Kyler Murray and whatnot, or uh, whichever year for Kyler Murray. And things went well, I think, last year. Um, you know, eight and eight, pretty good. That's uh, that's about the same kind of record that Cliff Kingsbury used to have at Texas Tech. So, you know, I, I think it's a step <laughs> in the right direction. Um, I like what they did in the draft here. You know, they their needs were cornerback, wide receiver, um, running back, tackle, and tight end. And you know, we'll roll through the list here. First round, they take Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. I kind of really like that pick. He yeah, was too. a culture setter at Tulsa. He changed the way that they play football in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I always like that. Rondell Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. Look, you give Kyler Murray some more weapons, you give him Rondell Moore, I mean, I am all over that. Cornerback in the third round, Marco Wilson out of Florida. Uh, That was a good pick. Marco Wilson played really well for the Gators this year. Victor Dumukije out of Duke, an edge rusher. Um, You know, okay, he's not Chris Rumpf, but um, obviously Rumpf was off the board. This guy was okay. You know, I I remember watching him play multiple games in the ACC this year. Tay Gowan, cornerback out of UCF in the sixth round. They got James Wiggins, a safety out of Cincinnati in the seventh round. Good guy to take a flyer on. He was a leader on that team last year. And Michael Minette, uh, center out of Penn State. Uh, You need some offensive line help. Go and get a center out of Penn State, a guy that can hold up. Uh, I I like what they did. I think this is a win for their draft. Um, I like the, the strategy here I can actually see. And, and it looks like they are, you know, they want their defense to be good. Okay, you know, they don't have to be great on defense. They want to score points, and they are going to yeah. get dudes that can do it. I, I like what they're doing here. 
Yep, I li- I love everything that Arizona did, and let's not forget the fourth round pick uh, that they would have been theirs this year went to that DeAndre Hopkins trade. So I think you can just go ahead and plug in DeAndre Hopkins in the fourth round. I think everyone <laughs> would say that's a win. I'm breaking Chris's rule, but that is def. And it's not like they gave up multiple picks. They robbed Bill, o- the baby dropper himself, Bill O'Brien. I mean, would they give up David Johnson in a fourth round pick or something yep. and like a box of Wheaties for DeAndre Hopkins? And then the third round pick they didn't have, they traded for Rodney Hudson, who's certainly going to bolster that offensive line. This team should have been a playoff team last year. If it wasn't, Kyler Murray got hurt. He had that shoulder issue and he still tried to play through it. And it just, their offense couldn't get going. They had some bad performances against the Giants, et cetera. So that probably cost them a slot in the playoffs last year. This is a team on the rise. I know some people were saying it's a reach for Zayvon Collins. I disagree. I agree with you guys. That kid looks like an absolute beast. The one thing I will say, the Cardinals are going to be a little thin in the defensive backfield, and they were last year. Patrick Peterson wasn't the same player. Obviously, he heads off to Minnesota. I would have liked to see a little bit more there. Teams are going to be able to throw the ball at will against this team. But if they can put a pass rush up and they've got the players and we know they added J.J. Watt, which, I mean, whatever. I don't know how much you're going to get out of J.J. Watt. Probably not all that much. But I like what the Cardinals did here. I think this was a successful draft. And Rondale Moore, Zayvon Collins, these are two uh, another team who knocked their first two picks out of the park. Then you plug in that third rounder. They trade for Hudson, so you get Rodney Hudson, one of the top five guards in the league, with that third-round pick. DeAndre Hopkins part, deal for the fourth round. Cardinals hit it out of the park. Love what Arizona did. So here's my problem. So I'm, I completely agree with everything you said. I, I I like what they did. I I think Rondell Moore is an unbelievable player, and he's gonna kind of help that offense a whole lot because he's so versatile. He can do a lot of things. He's a freak athlete. Loves Zaylen Collins. Gary and I actually watched Tulsa because we watched the American Conference. Listen, right. I am a firm believer. I do not believe in this Power Five G Five bullshit. Okay, I think that is propaganda by the big boys. All right, Gary's Alabama football team likes to keep the little guys in their place, but the American True. Conference is head and shoulders better than the Pac twelve, and they're right there equal to the uh, the Big Twelve. And it's not, and they're probably head to head with the. Um, ACC, ACC except for Clemson. outside of Clemson, and that's the list. Everybody else, the, I would take the American over over the ACC from top to bottom. All right, and and this is the issue: is nobody gives them the respect because they see that little G five and they don't think they're as good. Tulsa's a good football team that played other really good football teams, and they beat them up. All right, they physically manhandled a lot of really good teams this year, and and Zaylen Collins was a part of that. Gary talks about he's a culture setter. Yeah. He changed the culture because Tulsa used to be an all-offensive, throw the ball a million times, don't stop anybody team. He was one of the guys brought in, recruited to change that team around to to kind of a defensive-minded first team. Um, I think he can be a help here. Here's the problem. Here's the caveat to all of this, okay? I do not think you can be a mediocre-ass coach in college football and then get promoted to the pros and all of a sudden magically become good at football coaching, okay? I don't think that's a possibility. I think that pretty boy on the sidelines is going to get put in a phone booth and the hell beat out of him by every coach that stands on the other side of him every Sunday, all right? His offenses are pretty, they're flashy, but that's all they are. They're all flashing popping stance, okay? That's it. That, there's there's no substance to them whatsoever. And, and I just think that at some point in time, the league is going to realize Cliff Kingsbury was a mediocre coach in college. You don't get to go from college to the pros and all of a sudden become a good football coach. 
That's not how this game is. It's way too competitive. The men that work on the other side work way too hard. They're they're just better than him. Ooh. Okay, okay. Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> let's put Chris's number up on the screen for Cliff Kingsbury to go ahead and give uh, Chris a phone call here. Call me anytime. Don't to- call me anytime. <laughs> call me anytime. I don't. I just I don't that. know how you do it. I don't know how yeah. you you couldn't match wits with big game. Big game Bob at Oklahoma, oh but you God, think you yeah. can match which with Kyle Shanahan? And, no chance. And, 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 are you insane? Oh, oh, am I taking crazy pills? No, you just can't do that. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's got a lot more help at Arizona than he did at Texas Tech. I, I don't give a damn. It doesn't you know. matter. At some point in time, coaches got a coach in, in the pros. <laughs> Good Lord. All Love right, it. moving on. Last team of the day. This would be Kyle's San Francisco 49ers. The uh, look, the Super Bowl runner-up from a couple of years ago went six and ten last year. They had injuries that just decimated the team. Uh, could yeah. not get over the hump. They played valiantly in multiple games, even with a bunch of dudes out. Uh, the lines were decimated. The quarterback position had all kinds of issues all year, and. They traded a bunch of picks, and they traded a bunch of dudes to move up and go shore up that quarterback position to make sure if Jimmy G is going to be hurt, but we're going to be fine because we're about to develop the next superstar. Uh, and maybe that's what they got. I don't know that I necessarily agree with trading up that much, but we shall see. Yeah. Their, uh, their needs were a cornerback, edge, center, and defensive tackle. Here's what they did. First round, pick number three, Trey Lance. Obviously, they moved way up and gave up a lot of assets to be able to go and get him. He's the quarterback from North Dakota State. Uh, The fewest passes thrown in a career by a top-five quarterback since the 1960s. He's only thrown like 330-something passes. Um, Who knows what you're going to get? You know, I, I, I see all the tools. I see, you know, they talk about the intangibles and all that. We've only seen it for one season. Um and, and yeah. even with North Dakota State, you know, they played in a national championship game. They beat James Madison 28-20, to 20, uh, you know, a couple of years ago now, 2019. And and he only threw the ball 11 times. Now, when you only have <laughs> to throw the ball 11 times to win, that's good. It also lets me know, eh, okay, like, was it was it the quarterback or was it something else? I mean, he had 28 touchdowns, zero picks. Um, but either way, we'll move on from Trey Lance. Obviously, I'll let Kyle <sighs> and Chris jump in on him. Round two. Oh, man. They get Aaron Banks, guard out of Notre Dame. I think that's a fantastic pick. Um, and Kyle Shanahan knows this. I think most smart people around this league know you're going to go get an offensive lineman, go get somebody from Notre Dame. Like, very simple. Yep. Uh, round three, Trey Sermon, running back out of Ohio State. Thought that was a fantastic pick. Uh, we all know the zone run scheme that Kyle Shanahan does. Trey Sermon's going to fit right in there. Ambry Thomas in the third round, cornerback out of Michigan. Kind of like that. That was their uh, compensatory pick. Um, Jalen Moore, offensive tackle out of Western Michigan in the fifth round. Diamadre, uh, Diamadore, whatever, Lin, Linar, <laughs> Linar, quarterback out of Oregon. I've watched him play. I can never say his name. I have no idea how you pronounce this. But uh, but the quarterback out of Oregon can can play. He can fly. Like he's, yeah. Sometimes he's in the wrong position. This is kind of like that Andre Sisco thing. Uh, I, I think he's kind of boomer bust, right? And if you can somehow teach him to not be in the wrong spot all the time, then uh, then you got a guy. So, Talanua uh, Hufanga, safety out of USC. Man, they are they are taking these West Coast things to heart, I'm telling you. Fifth round and sixth round, Eli Mitchell running back out of Louisiana Lafayette. The Ragin' Cajuns and Billy Napier's offense kind of ran, you know, the same way that he ran uh, pretty much all season. 
uh, and has been that way for the last three years. I, I think overall, you know, a, a winning a winning draft. I think uh, there were some things I didn't like. It's not you know, if we had to give letter grades, this wouldn't be my highest one. But uh, but I think that the picks were successful. I think they did okay here. Yeah, so I'm really torn about this, and that's why I needed your guys' breakdown on some of these players because I love my 49ers, and I'm done with Jimmy Garoppolo. Just completely over this guy, not because he doesn't have ability, but he cannot stay healthy. So It's, it's not his ability. His, it's his availability. It's yes. his availability. Absolutely right. So, first of all, I think it's a win because they did not overdraft Mac Jones because why in the hell would you try to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo by drafting essentially the same exact guy but maybe a little healthier? Trey Lance, though, man, that's a big question mark. And look, maybe later in this draft, like Sermon's going to fit right in. Of course, Tevin Coleman's gone. Raheem Mostert, we know he has durability issues as well. And even when he's fully healthy, Kyle Shanahan moves those running backs in and out. Raheem Mostert, even when he's the bell cow of the offense, is only playing about 52% of the snaps when that happens. So hopefully this Trey Sermon kid is good. I'm glad you guys told me that you think he's good because I don't know much about him and I Every, you know, Mel Kuyper, who's – I think Mel Kuyper's a real asshole, and I don't really like Mel Kuyper's analysis. I just got to tell you, I can't stand that guy, but he's telling me they reached for everything here. But I do think they address needs. I love getting an offensive lineman out of Notre Dame. You're absolutely right, and we need to figure out a way to keep Jimmy Garoppolo upright because Trey Lance is not ready to play. Like that – when you draft that high and the player is not really expected to or nor do you really want him helping your team next year – it's hard for me to say it's a great draft. And let's not forget from, I believe it's from 2009 till 2016, every quarterback drafted in the top five of the draft is no longer with the team that drafted them. So that just tells you right there, this is a risky little game. You're playing with a guy who threw something, you're at like 331 passes and had one outstanding year. I get it, but it's going to take a while for this kid to get ready. So it's really hard for me to say the only thing I was happy about is it wasn't Mac Jones. That was it. I didn't want Mac Jones. I didn't want Mac Jones. I didn't want Mac Jones. Screw Alabama. Screw that team. That's right. Gary <laughs> tired of Alabama kicking the crap out. Just hey, ridiculous. Tell, tell me this. Oh, tell me this. If, if they had not traded up to number three, if they had stuck firm at number 12, how would you have felt about Mac Jones at 12? I would have felt much, much better about that. You there just you can't give up all the assets you, you gave can't up give to up bring two in first round picks for it. I agree. No, you just you just can't do it. And Trey Lance, I'm really iffy on it. Look, I'm glad it wasn't Mac Jones, but really, we're gonna. Uh, I don't know what they saw, and you're not gonna hear me question Kyle Shanahan's football acumen. To me, no. he is the smartest mind in the NFL. It's in my opinion, it's not even close. I think he's at, well, maybe Andy Reid is right there. With them, of course, Belichick. I'm not going to disrespect Bill Belichick. Well, the, the That's Lance thing, ridiculous. What, what we haven't brought up about Trey Lance is the the thing that we saw the most from North Dakota State is he has an explosive ability to be able to run. Like he can, right. and he is kind of the future uh, that the quarterback position is in the NFL. Guys that can move around in the pocket, guys that can get out and get you some yardage. Uh, he takes sure. up those empty yards that you don't really see a whole lot on the stat sheet, but you know it's it's second and seven and nobody's open, and you need to go yeah. make something happen. You can go get three, four yards and make a third and manageable as opposed to whatever else. Mac Jones would have not yeah. been able to do that. Uh, but Trey exactly. Lance might be able to. So stuff like that I think is and very I mean, important. If you looked at the quarterbacks, Trey Lance is probably the one with the most Mahomes upside, right? If you're looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, this guy you know, seems like he's got that kind of ability. It's impossible to compare him to him and really unfair to compare him to him. I would have been more comfortable if it was Fields here in the three spot. I'm not going to lie. I thought when I watched Fields compete against 
against elite competition. I thought he was the best quarterback in this draft just from my money, and that's who I would have been more comfortable with him taking because, look, chances are Trey Lance is going to see the field next year, unfortunately. Jimmy Garoppolo's never proven that he can stay on the field, so now we're going to be throwing this kid into the fire, and you just really hope that the injuries don't pile up because you touched on it. The 49ers had the most money on injured reserve last year, over $81 million in contracts on injured reserve. It's the most ever in the history of the NFL. If the team stays healthy, the 49ers are a legit contender to win the NFC. But I don't – they didn't – their impact player, their marquee player they drafted is not going to be the reason they get there. So that's why I downgrade the draft a little bit, like some of the other pieces, but way too many question marks for me to cheer on. So I just need to hear you guys tell me some good things about Ambry Thomas. We need help in the defensive backfield. I need to know he's good. Trey Sermon, I need to know he's good. Aaron Banks, I already know he's good. He's a guard out of Notre Dame. He's going to be just fine. He's going to start. and He's going to play 15 years and probably make seven Pro Bowls. And uh, so I'm happy about that. Real 50-50, I didn't love the trade-up. I, I understand it, uh, but I didn't love it. And uh, certainly doesn't help their team total for next year, I will tell you that. So so I, I will I will be the Trey Lance defender here, okay? I, I actually like Trey Lance a lot. I, I watched all of the ESPN propaganda on all these quarterbacks, and he's the one that I actually bought all the sauce on, okay? It, it is not his fault that he did not play more than one year, okay? Because right. it's not his fault that he – played and COVID moved his entire football schedule to the fall uh, and to the spring. And so he just wasn't able to play last year. All right. Had he played last year with this North Dakota state team against what we saw in FCS just now, um, he would have gotten some really good competition. We would have gotten some, some, some good film on him and we'd have gotten to see him do more things. All right. So, so that's, that's out of his control. He went and he spent his year working out while everybody else is playing, working out with agents, working out with all of these guys that do nothing but get you ready for the NFL. Okay. So remember that he didn't spend his last year in college. He spent his last year already learning what the NFL wants him to do. So he's a little more, I'm going to I love that information. Polished. That makes me feel I'm going to bet he's a little better. more polished than we think he is. Okay. Excellent. The kid's got okay. an incredible mind. He's super smart. He's able to learn the offenses way faster than all these other guys based on the, the acumen of, of, of all the interviews and tests that these guys have taken um, uh, up to the draft. And I like running quarterbacks because a Kashanan already has the best run game in football. Right. And it's not close by the way. Right. If you have a running quarterback, it makes it that much harder to run the ball or to stop the run. It's just almost impossible, right? So I think he's good. I think he's going to be able to figure out the throw. Not figure it out. I think he can throw. I think we've seen him throw. I think we just haven't seen him throw a lot. Okay, all right, who cares? Like, can he do it? I think he can. It doesn't matter. We'll find out on Sundays, but but I – He's played quarterback his entire life. I don't think there's any reason to doubt that he can't throw the football, okay? The Trey Sermon pick that you're worried about or questioned about, Trey Sermon is an absolute monster. He's an absolute monster. I think Trey Sermon's going to take this job. My my problem, so so in like dynasty fantasy leagues and things like that, mm-hmm. my issue with moving up to try to get Trey Sermon in different spots is, is the fact that Kyle Shanahan is always going to run two to three running backs at a time. Yeah. You've talked yeah. about it. If, if you're the bell cow, quote unquote, you're only going to get at best. You're getting 50% of the touches, right? Exactly. That's the only argument for 
him. That's the only reason he is not one of the top premier like dynasty draft guys this year in, in football. But Trey Sermon's going to be a monster in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, so, so today's a win for me. Then I love it. You hate the no, Seahawks I, I and you love team, the Forty Nineers. I'm chilling back now. <laughs> what I didn't like, I didn't like the idea of giving up two first round picks to move up to three because I didn't think it was necessary. I just, right. I just thought it was unnecessary completely. I do believe that had you not moved up to three, you would have been able to get Trey. Maybe you could have moved up to seven. Maybe you could have moved up to mm-hmm. whatever. But I think, I think Trey Lance would have been there. I am with you that I would have rather had Fields, by the way. I, I, I'm higher yeah. on Fields than Lance. But obviously, a lot of other people aren't. Fields fail for a reason. I don't know why. I don't believe in yeah. it. I don't agree with it. But He, he holds on to the football. I'm not making these picks. So I think they did the best job in this out of this conference, out of this division. I I trust what they did. I think their first three picks are going to be seen as home runs. I don't think it's close. I like it. All right. Tomorrow we are going to hit on the AFC North. And then Thursday we are going to hit, or sorry, AFC and NFC North. And then the AFC and NFC East on Thursday. Uh, Fellas, anything y'all want to toss in on it? No, just I absolutely loved it. Thanks for making me feel better about the 49ers. And if you're watching <laughs> on my channel, don't forget, check these guys out. I love these guys. Love doing the shows. And I uh, love ripping heaters during the show, too. It there just feels right. So what You've a, what a day right. today. I appreciate you guys, man. <laughs> of course, go and check out Kyle at DFS Bachelor on YouTube. You can also find him at the exact same address on Twitter. Uh, you can find us, winningcureseverything.com and sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF sbrpicks.com slash NFL and sbrpicks.com slash MLB. Fellas, I think that's going to be it. So let's uh, let's dive out of here. All of you that watched today, thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you would, tell a friend. Of course, we would certainly appreciate that. It helps support the show. And uh, let's dive out. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your picks cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.